You all right? My name's Paul. I've got autism and I'm tired. <laughs> um, I am so tired. Honestly, I, I'm not sleeping at the minute very well. Um, and so what basically happens for me is every now and again, my mind gets just a bit too busy and it won't shut off. And um, I, I can't sleep with the window open either. <laughs> so um, I've been trying to teach myself to sleep with the window open. And I think it was born from when I was a kid, you know, living in a rough area, you had your window open. If anyone saw an open window, it was like, yeah, I'll just go and rob that house. Um, so they'd just do some weird parkour up your wall, and I like Spider-Man, and uh, just let themselves in. Um, and I don't live in that area anymore, but I think that still lives with you. Um, it was scary stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, I, so I've, I've got my window open, and I have my blinds up. Um, so I go to bed, and I just lie there, and I'm just looking out the window just staring at a street light that I can see from the window just for a good hour, just not, I don't know. I just can't close the brain off. Um, and then, you know, I'll maybe sleep for a few hours and then I don't know. I get up for the bathroom, try and keep my eyes closed cause I don't want to wake up fully. And then on my way back to the bed, I just think there's just no point in getting back in because I'm going to be wide awake. And I'll just lie there for hours, angry at not sleeping. Um, and like right now, it's probably still a good hour, two hours before that I would normally get up. And on it's a weekend. I should be in bed, sleeping, you know, enjoying it. But uh, unfortunately, I'm not because the mind just won't rest at the minute. Um, and, and that's all due to work. I'll be honest with you, you know, I can talk to you. <laughs> um, and I've just... I've done too much for too long The you know, it's never give up. It's unrelenting. And my mind and body has just gone, mm -mm, don't like this anymore. Not happy about that. Let's pack it in. Let's just stop doing this because it's not making any sense. Um, but then I also felt it was unfair on the new boss because he's only just started and he's obviously got a lot to get into. And uh, I had my one-to-one -one with him. And I went off at the deep end. And I, it must obviously be, you know, a build-up of all these months of doing his job, doing, a, you know, covering a fire manager's job, doing my own job, doing other work that I've been roped into or dragged into or my opinions needed or whatever it is. It's just too much for a, a mere mortal like myself. And, um, yeah, man, I just went off on him. I didn't go off on him like, it's your fault, you're not doing this. I just let him know the state of affairs correctly. Um, and I hope, the one thing I do hope is that it, it came across right. I hope he doesn't just think, wow, that guy moans nonstop. You know, because I'm not moaning. And I, I did say to him, look, I said, I, I might sound like I moan a lot. But if you say, all right, Paul, well, that does sound like a problem. Any ideas on how to fix it? I will always have an idea on how to fix it because that's the reason I'm moaning. It's because it's not because I don't want to do it. It's because I can see it's wrong or it's flawed and I want to make it better. You know, there is a difference. Um, you know, and then I, I sort of picked out that the team is not a team that I work in. We've all got different skill sets. We've all got different experience, but some of us care and some of us just don't. And that winds me up. You know, like I was talking to one of the people who, who do my, my role and we do a lot of fire risk assessments. Um, and he said to me, 
it's really boring. He said, I just keep finding the same things over and over and over again. It's really boring. You know, I, I'm sick of it. And that's because he's seeing it as a job. You know, like he's seeing it as this building should be perfect. It's not, oh, I've got to now write things. Whereas the reality is, yeah, you do find the same things quite often because of poor contractor work. So they haven't used fire accredited third party, you know, experts to do fire stopping and installing fire doors because you can be a joiner, no disrespect, unless you're trained on fire doors, you know, the correct widths that they have to have, the reason for expansion strips, where, where and how they should be installed, you know, you are not a fire door joiner. There is a difference. You know, so yeah, you know that's that's the problem. The, the correct contractors have never been used, or the correct caveats haven't been put into contracts. So it's our job to say get it done properly. You know, and the way it stops getting boring is you have to remember you're not just finding the snags; you're doing it to keep people safe. So if that building was ever on fire, it's uh, and someone does lose their life, then chances are it'll be a human error, like not responding to the fire alarm choosing not to evacuate, propping fire doors open, you know, those sorts of uh, being too intoxicated, being on drugs, reasons that you wouldn't respond to a normal fire alarm system, um, persons losing the hearing and not going down a path to then get the aids and adaptions to ensure that they would respond to an alarm like a flashing beacon or a vibrating pad under the pillow. You know, so these, if you, if you, if you, Work as a if you work as a fire risk assessor, for example, like that's part of my job. You have to have an interest in making sure people are safe, and that way it doesn't get boring because you're doing it for the right reasons, you know. And so I work with some people with that mentality, whereas I have that mentality of just said at the end. So there's such a this it's so we're just not connected. And we're not coming from the right place, and some of us can work without a boss. We just need a decision maker. You know, one of the guys I work with said that, and I thought that was perfect. Um, but then there are some who just shouldn't be doing the job. Um, I think our department needs split into fire and health and safety because my specialism is fire, and some people don't have a specialism in fire. And the way I would do a report is 100% different from the way they do. I'm hopefully not going to miss things which will kill people, but I'm not confident for some of the others. and that scares the pants off me you know and i've i've raised it with everyone i need to raise it with but i'm not the decision maker i'm not the person who can pull the trigger on these people or get them extra education or or whatever you know and, and i'm not being nasty you know I, I i have offered for the people who are closest to me in the other regions if you go, i have said to them if you go to a premise and you don't feel comfortable completing an assessment in there turn around walk out phone me we'll find a date and we'll go together because I would have loved someone to help me when I was inexperienced and I didn't. I had no one I had to guess until I got it right, which is dangerous and I don't want other people to do the same thing. So yeah, just went off on this new boss and by the end, like the, at the very end of it, you could see he was falling asleep and, you know, because <laughs> for two hours I didn't shut up because I was allowed it pent up. Um, you know, but I had to let him know at the end of the conversation that, you know, I've been in touch with the doctor. I've, we've spoke, and the doctor has offered me like a three-month sick, a three-week sick note, just so I can have a bit of time to recoup. And I told him I don't want to take it. 
you know, because all my stress is work-related. Because in my personal life and everything else that's, you know, goes on that's outside of work, I've put the hard work in to have an easy life, you know? So I've, and uh, that's just the way my mind works. I want things to be correct. I want things to be right. If they're within my control, what can I do to make it better? So I have, I've always put in the hard work to get easy rewards, you know? Um, and if you don't put in the hard work, don't expect an easy life. You know, but the problem is with work and putting in the hard work, but it's still hard. And that's what needs to change. So I did say to him, look, I've got an open sick note um, to basically cash in. Um, I don't want to do that. And I don't want to use it because I look, I'm doing the work. I can see where it might get a little bit easier. I can see where it might get a bit harder. But I just need someone when I go, I can't make these meetings. Is that all right? I need the boss to go, yes, it is. Or I'll attend it for you, you know, just to sort of go, brilliant. Um, we know where we're up to. So the other thing I did say to him at the end was, I'm not going to cash in the sick note. I don't want to, no matter how tired I am. But what I do need now, and I hate this, is I do need my autism workplace risk assessment. And the reason that's hard to ask for in a workplace is because you've got no idea you know, the person you're asking, your, your superior, your senior, your manager, your boss, you don't know how they think of autism. They might have had one experience in their life and it might have been very negative. They might have had no experiences and watched Rain Man. They might have heard the word and it might be surrounded by negative connotations. They might have had that one experience where, you know, the sunshine bus pulls up and a bunch of kids get off and they're loud and larry and doing, you know, silly things. And, you know, you could have said, who are they? It's like, oh, that's the, you know, they're from an autistic school. And you think, wow, you know, that's a bit extreme. You know, everybody's got a different view. Everyone's got a different experience. And if you're not experienced or knowledgeable in autism, you can't expect to make the best decisions, can you? You know, like I've said a thousand times, I can't speak Chinese. So what am I not going to do? I'm not going to try and speak it. You know, because I've got no idea. I can't guess. <laughs> That'd be crazy offensive. Um, so, you know, I had to then say, look, I don't tell everyone. I tell you, you know, but I don't tell everyone. I said, but, you know, I do have autism and I'm going to need the autism workplace assessment. I said, it's to protect me. It's to protect you. Um, it's obviously not your fault that I'm asking for it, but it took too long for you to get here. I've covered too much. I've not been given a reprieve. So yeah, I need that autism workplace risk assessment. And he's like, I said, have you, and then the next words out of my mouth were, do you have any experience in that? And he was like, I'll be honest. Nope. I've got no idea. You know, I said, well, look, you've just got to go to HR, tell them you've got someone in your department with autism. We need an external person to come in. I said, so you are going to have to put your money in your pocket and uh, pay for this. I said, but it's also a protected characteristic under the, you know, the, um, the equality act. And, if I, you know, the company should really have done this upon my uh, employment um, because I don't want to sound really nasty when I say this, but my company is very, 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 very happy, shiny. We're all inclusive. We're all diverse. And, you know, they make lovely posters. They advertise it a lot. But then here's me with autism getting absolutely buried in work and not one person has ever 
checked in to see if I'm all right. People have said, you're doing a lot, Paul. You know, you can't keep up this pace and then offered no assistance. You know, so put your money where your mouth is now. You're going to have to do this. And I explained to him that the process is generally, I sit with a specialist. They ask me what's wrong. They ask me what's going wrong. And to be fair to these specialists, they've got no idea what they're on about because it's usually someone off a tick list. They don't actually ask you a question. You know, it's off a list. How are you sleeping? Are you finding work difficult? What parts do you think you're not doing well in? You know, it's like, okay, I'll just, you know, never mind asking me why I don't feel right. Um, and then from that, usually you go through your job description with your manager, explain where the good bits are, where the bad bits are, how you think it could be better, where you think you need an adjustment, and then it's usually monitored. Um, that's how this should generally work anyway. Um, but the crazy bit is it's not my job description that's hard. It's I have to do everything else as well. So that's what I'm going to have to do is say, that job description, lock it. That is it. That is my job. If I get any email about anything else, I need someone to redirect it to because it's not my job and it's too much. So we'll see where we end up with that, won't we? Um, so I'm sorry for having a bit of a moan, but I'm tired. I am burnt out. You know, I'm allowed to be grumpy. I can't be on um, top form all the time. Um, so yeah, it's busy. Anyway, what am I doing? Nearly 14 minutes in, and I've just given you a bit of a waffle. So at least I'm keeping me waffles up, even though my mind is down. So I want to talk about something I've tried to avoid, but it's been asked for. And I like to try to do everything based around what people want rather than me dictating the show. Um, so people have asked in emails quite a few times my thoughts or whether they should, on whether they should go and have an autism assessment. So the emails are usually from, what, I've, what I'm going to try and do is dissect it and break it down. So the emails come from two different people usually, and it's like people who wonder if they have it because they hit a lot of characteristics. And then there are people who say, I have autism, but I'm wondering whether I should go and get it diagnosed. Now that, to me, is two very different things. You've got someone with self-diagnosed autism, and you've got someone potentially with undiagnosed autism. Two very different things. So if you are self-diagnosed, you've got to split that again. So if, you've, if you say, I have autism, you've made that decision yourself. So the reality is you either have autism or you don't have autism. You know, whereas undiagnosed autism is autism. So there is a concern with self-diagnosed autism. And don't get me wrong, I'm not going to flame anyone. You know, you're free to do what you want. Uh, but if you, re if you look on things on Instagram, for example, it's very singular narrative. It's more of an ideology. You know, like self-diagnosed autism is autism. Anyone who disagrees is a piece of trash. I hope your head falls off. You know, and it's sort of how dare you ever say anything against what we're saying. That's not how debates work. You know, so from my perspective, I, you know, it, if you are self-diagnosed, it then splits. You either have it or you don't. And then it splits it. So if we take the side where it's, you know, you think you have it, well, we've got to split it again. So who are you? Why do you think you have it? How good is your perspective on yourself from a neutral standpoint? You know, how well is your research? Are you looking 
on the internet to confirm your diagnosis? Or are you looking to find why you feel different? Why you feel your opinions clash with everyone else's? Why you don't like doing things that everybody else does? You know, and then it starts to lead you down an autism path. And then how good is your research? How good is the information you're reading? In a way, how, how, how can you confirm it? How can you deny it? You know, and one thing that's very obvious, again, on Instagram, especially because I'm not on any other platforms apart from here, is some people have this drive to want to be diagnosed with autism. And I don't know why, but then, you know, and don't shoot me for this, but there are people out there who have limbs removed because they want to be disabled. You know, so some people want things that you would never think they would want. You know, there was a woman in a local paper. Um, I, I can't help you find it, but she was from Liverpool. It was early this year, 2021, and she shaved her hair off, said she had cancer, wore the bandanas. As her last dying wish, she wanted to get married to the love of her life and had this GoFundMe thing, people, friends, family, raising all this money for her so she could have this dream wedding and go on this dream honeymoon. I think it was this year or last year. And guess what? She doesn't have cancer. You know, so some people are really weird. You know, uh, they have odd mindsets. They have odd wants. They have odd desires, odd rewards. God knows where it comes from. Um, I assume not from a healthy mental perspective. But we, all of this does need to be considered when, when you're wondering whether you have autism or not, because a, a self-diagnosis is a huge thing to do, because if you're wrong, you're wrong. If you're right, okay, now what? You know, and from someone from my perspective who has been diagnosed by a professional, if someone says to me, I'm self-diagnosed, I can't just go, okay, you know, and I know some of the people who watch this are self-diagnosed and that's fine. Like I've said, it's not for me to say you don't, it's, you know, but because the question's been asked and a foolish, give me, give myself a platform. I don't know what you want me to do with the information. So I have it because someone told me I have it. You tell me you have it because that's what you decided you have based off either a ridiculously well-considered, researched you know, perspective that you managed to do over a number of years, over studying your life, breaking your life, achievements down your, the points, the, the milestones, the, the, the trials, the tribulations, everything that has made you who you are and got you to where you are. Were the obstacles down to potentially autism or were the attitude related? And all that conviction, strength that you need to, you know, conduct yourself as a normal human being, all of, ev all of everything you are needs to be ridiculously considered from a very neutral perspective if you are to look and think if you have it, or if it's not that, it could be something else. Don't but then there are people on the other side. That's why it always splits. So for the good, the bad, the yes, the no, the black, the white, it's, there's always another side. So from the side of people who are very, very diligent in their research, finding the correct, proven you know, pages rather than just going, 
I read it on TikTok. That, that's not, you know, that's not education. That's a terrible platform, in my opinion. Um, so you've got the people who do it potentially the right way. And then you have other people who go, I have autism because I don't like loud noises and I don't like parties. I'm autistic. And then that's not the right way to do it. And again, it might come down to attitude. It might come down to lack of attention and you need something which will bring you attention. It could be, like I say, something which is, uh, you might have a, a negative mental impairment, which is creating you to want some kind of impairment or some kind of disability. And that's why I find it difficult. You know, this is where I find the self-diagnosis different. You know, self-diagnosis I would always say, if you ever have the opportunity, go to a specialist and talk about it. Explain why you believe you're autistic. Tell them the routes you've done and a good specialist will listen, you know, um, and then get that confirmation. But at the same time, if you don't need the confirmation, if you're happy with your own assessment and it, you know, there's. There's a big problem in the autism community where they're angry about words that people will use like ableism. Don't ever say you have high functioning autism because that is ableist and you're putting other people down and, you know, there's, there's all sorts like that. But then no one ever questions a self-diagnosed autistic assessment. Well, what about me? I firmly believe you need to go to a specialist because that's what they're for. And I think it's not ever picked up because um, people just accept that self-diagnosis is a diagnosis. But the reality is a self-diagnosis won't help you in a workplace, you know, and that I, I, everything I ever talk about always has work at the forefront of my mind because I want more autistic people to work. I think we're a great benefit to a workplace. I think we can offer something that no one else can. Um, and we need more of us in there. And the only way to get more, um, more strength behind policies and procedures and protection where it's needed is by a louder voice. And the only way to get a louder voice is by more of us being in a workplace. So if you're self-diagnosed and you don't need an adjustment through work, which I do now, uh, and I did at the last workplace, you know, um, and it's just for a personal thing where you feel more comfortable to say to friends, family, whoever else it might be, I don't, I don't want to attend that event. But, you know, I'm autistic. I find it really difficult to, you know, um, to go to them. And it gives you a bit more of that freedom, which as an answer for me, that's exactly what I would say. Uh, that, then fine. That's not a problem. You know, it's, it's all about the strength of where you need it for. So self-diagnosed, you've got to keep breaking it down into every single avenue to find out just where it comes from. And it's too vast. You know, I could have someone very learned, someone with great skill to be able to split themselves down in a very neutral manner with a great perspective to be able to dissect and understand and, you know, find their root or let the root find them just to show them where it could be. And then you can have other people right on the other side who just say they've got autism. So it's really difficult for someone like me, if they are self-diagnosed, for me to know just how valid that is. 
you know? Uh, and like I say, that's why I always recommend if you do get the option to go to a specialist, go. If, you, if you're in an area of the world that you don't have that access or it's really behind the times, then all right, I understand why you won't. That's not a problem. It's, it's not my, um, you know, life. I, I can't tell you how to live, you, but people ask for my perspective and this is it. And that's why it's different than undiagnosed autism, because there's a lot, again, on Instagram pictures, it's usually that Lisa Simpson meme where she was up on somewhere, you know, talking with some sort of lecture board behind her. And it always says on it, undiagnosed autism is autism. Yeah, it is, obviously, because you've just said what it is. It's undiagnosed autism. Okay. So that's when you have to then revert it back to the self-diagnosed. If they've got undiagnosed and they self-diagnose, how accurate is it? Is it on the yes side, the no side? You know, the yin side, the yang side, the black, the white. Where are you? Or are you somewhere in the middle? Are you kind of right? Are you kind of wrong? You can't be both. You'll either have autism or you won't. But what it's, so, so obviously like what I'm trying to say is undiagnosed autism is obviously autism because it's undiagnosed. If I had undiagnosed Alzheimer's, I've still got Alzheimer's, you know? Um, and, and I think the reason I've got, I think the only reason it causes problems is because obviously on the uh, self-diagnosed side, you know, there will be people who are very correct and there'll be people who are very incorrect. And what that does is it gives a very bad name to the specialists. Like I said, and don't get me wrong, people will be wrong. And this is what's, what I find the most difficult. So you have people attacking specialists going, I've been for three autism assessments and not one of them has been able to diagnose my autism. It's because I'm a female. It's because I'm this age. It's because I'm this color. It's because whatever. Never once do you read the person going, I've been for three autism assessments. They've all said I don't have it. I guess I don't have autism. That's an answer. But you never read that. It is always an attack on the specialists, attack on the professionals. And yes, yes, I do know that sometimes there is misdiagnoses. There's misdiagnoses in men, women, persons who are not white, people who are white. There is going to be misdiagnosis across the board. But then there's also going to be accuracy as well, isn't there? You can't just be wrong all the time. There will be people who are right. The yin, the yang, the yes, the no. You know, and that's just life. And I hope if you do have autism that nine times out of ten, the specialist will get it right. But if you keep going to multiple specialists because you're looking for the answer of yes, you do, then that's not the right reason you should be going to an assessment. You should be going to an assessment because you don't have the answer or you've got a researched answer and you want to explain it with someone with more knowledge in that field. You know, and it's, it's, it's another topic just like everything else. Like I did German at school. I did it for five years. Do you know what I remember? I think I can count to 10. I think I can say my name's Paul. But after five years, I should be able to move there and talk German. But I've never kept it up, you know? I've never kept it to the forefront. I've never researched new words. I've never tried to understand different dialects in Germany. You know, I, I, because it's, I'm, I don't go to Germany. I've been, I loved it, but I don't need it. 
you know, I don't need to learn it because it's not something I'm going to do often. I don't meet many German people. Um, whereas a specialist in autism, yes, they have to keep their education up to date. They have to keep their research up to date. They have to follow the latest, you know, points which they have to follow. The things change constantly in autism. So then they have to then, you know, change their approach. But the one thing doesn't really change of the way they would diagnose. So that self-diagnosis route, when we just keep splitting it down, some of these people on the yes and no side, some people are going to have to be told no because they don't have autism. And if you're one of those people who's been a thousand times to a thousand different people and you're angry that they're not telling you you're autistic, don't be mad at them. Someone will be wrong. Now, the question is, is it the five specialists at the five different centers you've visited or is it you? And if you are wrong and you don't have autism, that's all right. But if you want to have autism and that's why it's making you mad, then we have a problem. And that's a whole different kettle of fish. So just to reiterate my little point before I wrap it up, is self-diagnosis can be valid. It depends on the person doing it and where they get their information from. But if you want the help in a workplace, if you need the assistance, you know, even maybe to get through an airport and you need to provide a bit of evidence, a self-diagnosis won't cut it. So self-diagnosis is only so good for personal. It's not so good for business. I hope that helps. And if uh, I've upset you, my bad. Thanks for watching. And until next time, keep smiling.